Hey everybody, welcome to Nowhere to Run. Thank you for tuning in, however you found it. Um, on the Revere Radio Network, on Revelations Radio Network, iTunes, the various podcast sites, or just stumbled across it through some forum posts or whatever it was. Thank you for tuning in. We've got a pretty good show for you today. I've got just some notes I need to go over and things like that. Um, one thing, if you if you do subscribe to Nowhere to Run on iTunes, you might want to consider subscribing to the Frank and Chris show podcast on iTunes and you can do that by going to iTunes in your iTunes store and typing in the Frank and Chris show or you could go to the show notes section on either one of uh, the websites and I'll put a link in the show notes section where you can just click on that little link and it will take you directly to your iTunes store where you can subscribe to the Frank and Chris show on iTunes but yeah I'm really excited about it I'm just I'm just really excited to see where it's going to go because I can just sense it being very special. The way it all came together was just one of those things that you can really feel it has something that's supposed to happen kind of thing. But I, I don't know. One one thing is that Frank and I basically get to review and comment upon the news and that's exciting because we, you know, it's great to be able to bounce ideas off Frank. He's a genius in a lot of different ways and it's really, and that that really can take up a lot of time right there just talking about the news of that week and the various things that are interesting us or what we've been up to and all that stuff can can we could easily do two hours just on that but the having this option of being able to take calls from both our listeners at this point it's just amazing to be able to talk to the listeners of our shows and other shows on the revelations radio network because the listeners are uh really cool and smart and so you know it's just it's really raising a level of the kind of things that we can find out and figure out about all this weirdness and everything because everybody has kind of the same as on the same page and I really do feel like there's something extremely true about this and that we're really close to closer than most I mean I don't want to sound like oh we've got it figured out but I mean closer I do feel like there is some some we're, we're really really after the truth here and so a lot of people are on that same page in their own ways doing their own things that they're interested in and having them been able to come in and propose a particular idea or something I think is really kind of speeding up the process of what it is that people are figuring out on this uh, whole train of thought and that's really evident in the last show if you get a chance I really recommend you to download the show even if you don't download the uh, I'll put a link to the show notes in this episode as well of the last Frank and Chris show, episode five, we split it into two parts. The both parts being two hours each, but it got rolling. About those last two hours, we talked with a lady named Lynn. We talked a little bit about sleep paralysis. Some really interesting things happened with that. I mean, it and, and just the kinds of things that were developed and the ideas that came out of that one show were like, oh my gosh! I mean, we'd had we had, I, I it was like doing, I so much you know weeks of research or having um months of epiphanies all in one show you know it's like I, it, so much it's so productive and and what's also great is that people that listen to the shows that you know have have formerly thought that they were alone and crazy can go to while we're doing the show live you know the the chat room opens 15 minutes before each show and so it's it's there and during the course of the show obviously for people to chat with one another while we're doing the show 
I, I can't really pay attention to the chat room. I've really tried. I'll try to get better at it. But Frank does. Frank is like, I don't know, he does everything. He's like running the calls. He's running the chat room. He's in and out of everything. And he's somehow paying attention to what people are saying and, and, and everything. He's he is a uh, a one man band as far as that thing goes, and which is great because I mean we're you know it's just two of us, so we don't have like a producer or anything, which is uh, in in large part thanks to the website that we're doing at talkshoe.com. The programs that they've developed is, makes that very easy, and I would suggest if anybody out there was thinking about doing a live show like that, Talkshoe is a great website to try it. Um, and we do need somebody out there if they are interested in doing a uh, news-based show um, that I think that if anybody wants to try to do what Frank was doing on Salvation Revelations, or, excuse me, SalvationRevelation.com with that podcast, it, it kind of it morphed into a news show after um, all the time that he had been doing it. And and so if anybody know and he actually is now doing a non news based podcast called called Wise as Serpents and you can subscribe to that as well on iTunes and so it's kind of more research based so it does leave a bit of a gap so if anybody has any kind of inclination to do a lot of the news reading and and commenting upon the news we're going to be doing a lot of that on uh, the Frank and Chris show as well so you know it won't be a complete loss there but if anybody wants to step up there there is a, I would I would call it an opening I don't know if it's an opening or not but um, if you feel like that's maybe you maybe you should give Frank a, a shout an email there and uh, let him know it's really easy to do podcasts and stuff don't think it's outside of your uh, expertise technologically speaking because there's nothing to it um, Okay, and you can email me at chris at conspiracyclothes.com. I'd be happy to walk you through the process. It's it's incredibly easy. But where was it going? And uh, one more thing before we get off the subject of the show. But um, you can... Uh, we haven't quite decided on the times that we're going to be doing the live show. So, But the cool thing about that is that TalkShoe does offer like a little widget, I've been calling it, thing that basically is on the main page of all all the websites. I know it's on Frank's uh, websites and my websites that has little time where we, whenever we usually have set the time that we've both agreed we can be there to do the show. It's usually been about Wednesday, about 8 Central, 9 Eastern. Uh, so far, lately, it's been Wednesday, and we did one on Monday. But basically, you will always be able to tell when it is by about the week before just checking that little widget and find out when the next show is. It's got a little countdown thing. And you can listen to it from that widget, or you can go directly to the talkshoe.com site and listen to it there. And yeah, I, I really do think it's going to be great. And and the calls are probably going to get a lot more vicious pretty soon because Frank and I, um, as we get more um, known by the uh, the let's call them haters for lack of a better term at the moment, they are definitely going to be coming in full force to challenge me and Frank. Uh, in various ways, I'm sure. So, so we will be requiring your your prayers and help in, in a lot of regards that way. And that was one of the reasons why doing the live shows um, was always like, I don't know. I mean, I got a lot of people that are not too happy with me out there. So, it'll be interesting. But that, you know, I really think that, um, especially having Frank there too, and he's just kind of like a sharp-tongued, uh, you know, New Jersey guy and uh, so I mean I don't know it just really it really helps me um, be able to 
you know, handle that stuff. I mean, I don't feel like I can't handle it. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to be able to talk with those people and see what they have got to say. I mean, after all these years of of looking into all the various apologetics stuff and whatnot, I can't imagine hearing something I haven't heard before, you know, and looked into. So I'll, I, I say that, but I'll probably probably get so stumped on so many occasions. But we will see. So tune in this Wednesday at TalkShoe.com. Look for the Frank and Chris Show. Hope to see you there. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Call it the incredibly shrinking dollar. The dollar falling again against the euro today after that weak new home sales number. In fact, in the last year, the dollar has dropped 10% against the euro. The euro now cost about a buck 41. And it's not just the euro. Last week, the dollar hit a three-decade low against the Canadian dollar. This morning, the greenback hit a record low against a basket of six major currencies. As tracked by the New York Board of Trade, we're talking about the dollar index. Get the Dow Jones is up 105 points. This on a day when oil was up to a new time high of $96.67. Gold was up, the dollar was down, but look at those triple digits and NASDAQ's doing well Only also. Only six Dow components are down. So the, the government reported the GDP last week. They said our economy grew 3.9%. But to make that, the government assumed annualized inflation was running at eight-tenths of one percent. Now, there's no way that's true. Uh, if the government was accurately reporting inflation, we, they, we would know we're in a recession. You, you guys have to start looking at real numbers. You're talking about the Dow up about 100 points today. If you price it in Canadian dollars, it's down almost 100 points. i got about 30 seconds or so, but I want to get your, uh, your take on how much lower you think the markets can go right now. Uh, we think that the markets can decline 50 or 60 percent. We hate to say something so somber, but this is not the time to be optimistic or pessimistic. It's the time to be realistic. Our whole system has been built on credit expansion. We have to grow credit year over year in order to keep the economy growing. The economy is not going to grow. It's going to suffer recession, and once it enters recession, it's going to cascade on itself. But what counts is not how many dollars we have, but what those dollars are worth and what we can buy with them. And the dollar is becoming less valuable every day. And based on our economy, our huge current account, our huge trade deficits, our lack of domestic manufacturing, our lack of domestic savings, there's only one thing the dollar can do, and that's go down. They're being robbed. I mean, if, if you have def a, a devaluation of the dollar at 10%, people have been robbed of 10%. But how can you pursue this policy without addressing the subject that somebody's losing their wealth because of a weaker dollar? And it's going to lead to higher interest rates and a weaker economy. When you inflate a currency or, or destroy a currency, the middle class gets wiped out. So the people who get to use the money first, which is created by the Federal Reserve System, benefit. So the money gravitates to the banks and to Wall Street. So that's why you have more billionaires than ever before. Today, this country is in the, in, in the middle of a recession for a lot of people. Michigan knows about it. Poor people know about it. The middle class knows about it. Wall Street doesn't know about it. Washington, D.C. doesn't know about it. But it's because of the monetary system and the excessive spending. You stop the spending by changing the foreign policy and bringing our troops home and save hundreds of billions of dollars.
nobody looks at the cause of our problems, and the cause comes from the Federal Reserve creating too much credit and distorting the markets. You can't have a current account deficit of $800 billion a year and think the currency is going to hold up. And everybody bugs the Fed, all the congressmen, everybody else in Wall Street says, you know, what we need is more money, lower the interest rates. And nobody asks, how do you lower, lower, how, how do you lower interest rates? Well, you do that by creating more money. What uh, specifically would you like to see Mr. Bernanke do right now? If anything, he should be more careful with the amount of new money he creates out of thin air because eventually this will just lead to loss of confidence in the dollar on the international exchange market. And that's exactly what's happened here in the last month or so. The dollar is going down sharply, and it's because we're resorting to inflation. Well, you're quite right about the dollar going down. And we have to realize it's our foreign policy that is deeply flawed, and we need to go back to our roots. We need to mind our own business. We need to have free trade. We need to have friendship with these countries, but we don't need to have an empire. We're going broke. The dollar's on its ropes. The end of an empire always comes when the currency is destroyed. Without question, you're the only presidential candidate delving into these issues. What kind of new monetary system would you like to see? Do you want the dollar to be gold-backed again? Would you like to go back to fixed exchange rates? Give us a sense of where you'd like to go. Well, we, we should follow the law, and the law is the Constitution. The Constitution said only gold and silver should be legal tender. We don't really have clear authority to have a central bank. Jefferson and Jackson got rid of a national bank because they didn't like it. We've only had a central bank for a sh relatively short period of time, but we can't get rid of the Fed in a day or a week. But we could legalize competing currencies. I mean, we compete with currencies around the world all the time. But why can't we have gold and silver competing as a currency and let people save? His monetary opinions, I want to give you the first whack because I found them very interesting. They're fantastic. I mean, just, Larry, just step back and realize how amazing it is. We have not had a presidential candidate who talked about free markets, who talked about monetary reform, who talked about tax reform the way Ron Paul does since Steve Forbes ran for president. Bravo, bravissimo, go Ron Paul. <laughs> All right, Steve Forbes, uh, your name was just mentioned. Now, Steve. Gold and silver is legal tender. Well, I think that's sensible. I don't agree about abolishing the central bank, but competing currencies on deposit? Why not? These things have come up in the past. Those are pretty good ideas, aren't they? Well, you sort of have competing currencies now. People can easily go in and out of currencies. But the key thing is to tie the dollar to a price range for gold. The dollar is solid. Let the other currencies in the world go all over the parking lot. Well, they'll come to us because we have a rock-solid currency, and that'll be good for the economy and good for the global economy as well. Have the dollar as good as gold. How are you going to protect the dollar? If you don't have the dollar maintaining its value, no matter where you put the money, you're not going to have any value. That's where the crisis is coming. You're going to go up with all these cost of living in, in increases, but you'll never keep up with the cost of living because the dollar is going down, the cost of living is going up. Our dollar today is worth four cents compared to the dollar of 1913 when the Federal Reserve took charge of it. If you don't deal with the dollar, there will be no retirement for anybody. We're going to have chaos.
As long as we live beyond our means, we are destined to live beneath our means. And we have lived beyond our means because we are financing a foreign policy that is so extravagant and beyond what we can control, as well as the spending here at home. And we're depending on the creation of money out of thin air, which is nothing more than the basement of the currency. It's counterfeit. And it is a natural, predictable consequence that you're going to have people benefit from it and other people suffer. Dr. Bill Osmondson. I'm a general and cosmetic dentist and have been a dentist for 30 years. Before that, I received a master's in public health in nutrition and health education. For the first 25 years of practice, I promoted water fluoridation aggressively. I thought I saw the benefits. It wasn't until I actually looked at the information myself and sat down and looked at the different government agencies and the different reports and the studies that I began to realize that fluoridation was a problem. One of the first things I did is I looked at my tube of toothpaste. It says drug facts. I know it's a drug. If I were to give it to you, it'd have to be a prescription. That's for swallowing. When it comes to toothpaste, it also says don't swallow. And if you do swallow, contact a poison control center. Well, the amount of fluoride that they're talking about is a pea-sized amount of fluoride. You probably don't see that in in, in advertisements, a pea-sized amount of fluoride. Usually when I see an advertisement, it looks more like a Dairy Queen ice cream cone. That amount is a quarter milligram of fluoride. Well, that's the same amount of fluoride as what we find in eight ounces of water. Quarter milligram of fluoride, quarter milligram of fluoride. Don't swallow. If you do, call the Poison Control Center. One of the things that concerns me is water fluoridation for infants. The American Dental Association and Center for Disease Control recommend that infants not receive water for drinking nor for making their formula. It's 250 times more concentrated in fluoride than mother's milk. We shouldn't fluoridate water and harm our most vulnerable. The next thing I looked at was dental fluorosis. These are the white and brown spots on the teeth. The only thing that causes dental fluorosis is fluoride. Too much fluoride ingested, usually during the developing years, birth to about eight years of age. When I see people coming in to have treatment for dental fluorosis, I mention to them that they have had too much fluoride. And this is an indication that the rest of their body has probably had too much fluoride also, their bones and in the rest of their organs. Damage from dental fluorosis is not disputed. Everyone agrees that too much fluoride can cause dental fluorosis. About one-third of children are now experiencing fluorosis, according to the CDC. The next thing I wanted to look at was benefits. What are the benefits of it? I've heard reports of 20 to 40 percent, 60 percent, 80 percent tooth reduction with water fluoridation. So what is the benefit of water fluoridation? And I had a close look at several factors. One, comparing different countries of the world, we can see that no matter what we do on fluoridation, whether the country fluoridates or no fluoride at all, decays reduce the same amount in all countries. We can compare states in the United States. We can see on a graph that as they're plotted in order of increased amount of fluoridation in the state, fluoridation doesn't make any difference. We have the same amount of good health 
in the states regardless of their fluoridation. Same thing for counties and other locations. That was disturbing to me. If there's no benefit, well, why are we fluoridating? I have two requests for you. One is to talk to your dentist and your healthcare provider about fluoridation. Ask them if they've seen the National Academy of Science report on fluoridation. Give them information that they may not have on water fluoridation and excess fluoride exposure. That helped me when my patients casually, calmly, quietly said, have a look at this. This doctor, this dentist is concerned about water fluoridation. What do you think? None of us professionals want to harm our patients. Our whole lives are given to improving the health of people, not harming them. And so for those of you who are healthcare professionals, I highly urge you to look once again at the science on fluoridation. Science doesn't need to be scary. It's just information. Spend a little bit of time looking at it on both sides of the issues. Don't just look at one side filtered. Look at both sides and weigh it for yourself. The other thing is to sign an online petition with me at fluoridealert.org. The online petition requests Congress to have hearings on fluoridation. It also recommends that we no longer fluoridate our water. Thank you. Revelations Radio Network. Many hosts, one message of salvation. RevelationsRadioNetwork.com. Okay, thanks for hanging around. Uh, those clips were, a few of them were from YouTube. I have them on my favorites and my YouTube channel if you want to watch the actual videos and see them for yourself. They're in the favorite section of my YouTube, which is uh, Nowhere to Run 1984. So it's uh, youtube.com slash Nowhere to Run 1984. So, um, but yeah, some interesting stuff about that with the, with the, let's call it the imminent collapse of the dollar unless something is done very drastic and it does seem to be it does seem to be pretty evident I mean I don't think I'm uh, saying anything that a lot of people don't know if they've kind of been around this alternative media for a while but it does seem to be a more accelerated lately and and I would suggest that it might be a good time to go ahead and jettison a little bit of the extra weight, if you know what I'm saying. If you have a lot of stuff in your house that you could get rid of, maybe this is a good time to have one of those garage sales. It's a perfect weather for it, you know, springtime. Uh, put something on Craig, you know, put put a uh, Craigslist.com. I don't know if anybody has ever checked out Craigslist in their area, but man, you can sell any. Thing very very quickly on Craigslist. It's like no registration, no fees, no nothing. It is just like you have it one minute, it's sold the very next minute. But you can also advertise your garage sale on Craigslist, and you can do um, a lot of things like that. I had a garage sale um, here at the house, so selling a lot of um, stuff, and I'm telling you, it was just really really lucrative. Just um, just because I mean you know when you start to look at things around you're like you know you can't eat this and you know you know I mean it's not really that I'm selling off stuff it's just you know like important things necessarily but yeah I guess I guess a lot of people might consider some of this stuff important but generally speaking it's just there's a lot of stuff that we've required that we don't need that you know you could sell pretty cheap at a garage sale and that stuff just keeps adding up and up and up um, you can and who doesn't need an extra 
thousand dollars, you know. So, so really, it really comes. I mean, and I don't know if you can get a thousand dollars, but you know, you can you can get some money, whatever it is. And especially, you know, put a lot of signs up, that kind of thing. And uh, it might just be a good time to do some of that stuff, just to, you know, what I was thinking. And one of the reasons I was like, you know, I don't have any extra food. So I just wanted to go to like Aldi's or something like that and get a bunch of canned goods and stuff like that just to have whatever, you know, I mean, I'm not really, I really don't think that it's important to, I don't know, of course it's, I think it's important to store away stuff. I, I'm certain that it is important. I just don't feel it's for me, you know. Um, I mean, I feel it's it's important to be prudent and logical and therefore have a good month's supply to, to you know, at the house, but I certainly don't feel the need to um, to really go after it here. Let me, let me go get a proverb that I was reading the other day. Let me, because I think it's very appropriate. Okay, that proverb is um, Proverbs 21, verse 31, the last verse. It says, The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. I think that's just really appropriate because, you know, you can put a lot of armor on your horse and you can get him ready for battle and what may happen, you know, you're as prepared as possible for that battle, but safety is of the Lord. I mean, you can't, you can't, um, you can't, no matter how much armor you put on your horse, you can't guarantee that he's, something else isn't going to happen to you or him. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't put armor on your horse. It doesn't mean you shouldn't, uh, shouldn't do that it doesn't say anything about that but it just says say says simply that safety is of the lord and so i think what i wanted to talk about before i got into too much well let me digress again and um let me say something about proverbs somebody said to me the not too long ago and i think it's a, a really good idea there are 31 chapters in the book of proverbs and if you're like me i've never really look, look, read a lot of the proverbs because um they just seemed I don't know. They just seemed out of date or something. I don't know. I, I think they're great, you know, and everything, but I just never really read through them very much. But somebody said, said since there's 31 chapters in Proverbs, um, if every day you read the chapter of Proverbs that corresponded to that day of the of the month, um, then and you read that whole thing, and then you underlined the particular verse that was most relevant to that day that you were having then at the end of that year you, and the subsequent years you'll be surprised how personal the book of proverbs has become to you and i've got to say that's very 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 true in my limited experience with that i've only really underlined four verses but um i'm reading through them and i'm like you know those really don't apply you know each one's like that one doesn't apply to this day you know or whatever um i could see where it could apply to one day someday down the road but not today and then you just come across one and it's like yep that's the one that's the one that applies today for me and that one i have underlined here for the 21st um uh, was the the horse is prepared against the day of battle but safety is of the lord so i just think it's uh, really good uh, I don't know what that translates. I you know I, obviously the critique is that um, you know Christians would not be diligent in that, um, and that, and that they wouldn't prepare or something like that, or just let all this happen. And I really, I take a, I take exception to that critique because of the people that I know um, are that are Christians that are that know about all this stuff. They are the most vigilant and productive fighters of evil and tyranny 
Um, and I do think that, that they are dangerous in the sense that um, if you actually know the true nature of the New World Order and you can uh, then, therefore apply spiritual warfare and um, intercessory prayer and things of that nature, you may laugh and scoff at one side of that just listening to this um, for what you think you may know about it. But if the New World Order is being run by extra-dimensional evil entities, and if Christians really have been given authority over those entities, and if those entities are doing everything that they can to make sure Christians don't know that fact, and then you have one people telling them that they do have that authority. I mean, do you see where the conflict can become? Because I really do see this whole thing as us Christians being the salt of the earth in the sense that we are preventing the decay of this um, world for the time being. Because without us, whether or not, not we even know that we have the authority, we are still preventing and holding back evil. Uh, from really taking complete control and really deceiving some people. So I don't know. I, I really see um, Christians as, as the target, the enemy, or at least a primary enemy. But um, I'm digressing. Uh, okay, what I wanted to talk about, at least uh, well, the first thing I wanted to talk about, is something that I think, um, I, I think this is probably more, if not, it, it's more relevant for the Christian out there. That's for certain. But I think it's important for a non-Christian to hear somebody say, because, or at least if you want to know anything about this show or whatever, I think it explains a lot of things as far as I'm concerned, or as far as it concerns me, rather, I guess. But um, let's see where to start. I guess just a little background. I mean, I do, I do two things that require me to have absolute faith in God, and the more that I do them, the more faith I get. Even though, in most cases, it seems the, the deck seems so stacked against me in logic and what I know about physics and the world, and um, you know, gravity and the rest of it. It doesn't seem. It, it's very dangerous. A lot of things that I do. One of the things is just being on the road with the band. We're a very active band and do a lot of traveling around the country, shoestring budget and you know, a lot of things that we do is very are very um uh I would say illogical in the sense that it doesn't it um like I, I say illogical but I guess I mean very dangerous and when I look at some of the stuff on the schedule sometimes I'm like, man, how are we gonna pull that off? Not just with um diesel prices but our our bus and everything else i mean our bus is is almost got 400,000 miles on it and granted it's a diesel but that thing is running right now completely on god power i mean i pray for that bus constantly it continually like strengthens my faith that god is there and and with us i mean it's like i mean at some point the wheels are just going to completely fall off and the axle's going to hit the ground and it's still going to start up and we're going to drive it 700 miles somewhere. It's just, it's really amazing what has been done with the bus alone, but um, that kind of thing is one thing, but also, you know, with doing this show and doing the different things associated with it, um, you know, you might, you might 
uh, it, it can be scary at first, you know, like, oh my gosh, that that I'm a target and all this stuff that that you you know you'd think and and whatever. And because of that, you do have to seek refuge in God. You have to really just say, okay, it's all you, man. I mean, you, um, this is for you, and it's. It's if you want me safe, then if it's your will, then so be it. And if it's not, then give me the grace to accept it, you know. But at the same time, you know, you feel this protection, and, and he is so faithful to prayers that, um, and I know that I've prayed, I've prayed about it. I pray all, uh, you know, about it all the time for protection from evil and intercessory prayers against evil and, and things like that. And so. I know that um, I'm being protected and, and stuff, so at least for time, whatever that means, you know, eventually my my day will come. I think it's pretty well guaranteed so many places in the Bible, you know, Second Timothy and, you know, Jesus too was very upfront. you know, you do what I do, they're going to get you. I mean, that's really, it's not the best, um, uh, you know, selling point of Christianity, but if you're really doing what you should be doing... Yeah, the world's going to pretty much take you out. And but I think that that doesn't mean that there isn't grace to do that and it doesn't mean that life is any less good. I mean, in in fact, I mean, this is again, this is just we're just an embryonic state of life. I I just I mean, we're we have another life in heaven that is going to be just as real as this one. So, you know, it's really your perspective, I suppose, but Anyway, um, continuing, I guess, because this is so important to everything, this concept of running to God when you are scared, and not just running to God when you're scared, but the necessity to be scared. Okay, like, first of all, like, if you were sitting on your couch and you had a pocket full of money, and and you're just watching TV, there is no need for God there. And that's a that can be okay if, like, you were understood what that meant to be in a place with uh, your with all your needs met and to have no pain in your body can you imagine the last time you had some kind of awful thing that you prayed every minute of the day that god would take it away from you some particular pain ill illness something like that do you remember those prayers that you're like oh my gosh if i could just not feel like this you know those cries to god and then and if we could just remember that when we're doing, when everything is hunky-dory, then maybe, you know, I guess there are people out there that appreciate and the, the blessings that God have, has given them, um, even when it's not there. And I guess that's not where I'm going. That's not really the point of what I'm trying to make, but I think it's an aspect of it. So I, I think it's important to mention. But but um, I really got the feeling, like this last trip, was like many others um very i would say illogical because it didn't make a lot of sense gas wise and everything else diesel's almost five dollars we were up there in uh near canada and chicago and stuff like that so it was really expensive but we we went ahead and made the trip anyway because it was going to even out in a few different ways and everything without going into too much detail anyway um but the thing is is that it still was an impossible trip for a lot of reasons. Um, I won't go into a lot of the mechanical issues, but it just it it required an an absolute serious dedication of prayer on my part, 
um, to prepare for that trip was an absolute prayer marathon. You know, I had to just dig deep and pray and pray and pray for that trip. And, um, you know, I had a dream while we were on the trip. We had something go wrong on in the middle of the night coming back from a show going to another show and I was trying to get down the road and looking at the looked at the gauges and the gauges and uh, without going into too much detail we had done something mechanically to the bus the night before so it was stressed about that taking let's say and look at the gauges and it's running almost all the way hot and the battery is almost all the way uh it's in, in cold and the lights are going dim so um and it's going hot it doesn't make any logical sense that that really con- concerned me that that particular thing because I could never to this day figure out what that was we um we did go somewhere the next morning and he just couldn't figure it out because nothing was overheating and the battery wasn't dead and uh anyway where was I really but I guess that night we had to stop and before we could get it fixed uh you know, it was just in the middle of the night. It was like three in the morning, so I was just gonna go to sleep and figure it out in the morning. And it was raining and everything. One of those days, and didn't know anything about anything. We had to be somewhere. Who knows when? You know, we had eight hour drive, whatever. And the dream was basically. It was. It was not about that. It was about a different kind of thing. It was about danger. It was about going into some kind of dangerous. Thing, this, these missions, these whatever it was, I, I, I don't even remember it um, anymore. But it was this feeling of that God wanted uh, us to kind of be out of our comfort zone, and and that builds our faith. It's like building up this uh, combat kind of faith, and I think that it's so important almost. I, mean, I wouldn't know if it's necessary. I wouldn't say that it was biblical for it to be absolutely necessary, but um, I do think getting out of our comfort zone in the um, Great Commission, in, in sharing our gifts for the betterment for of our fellow man, for, the, for loving your fellow man enough to share with him the truth with a capital T, not just the not just 9/11 was an inside job. Not just there's fluoride in the water, and the food's poison, and not just that. But it's always a good thing to start with with people because you want to you can save somebody's life, you know, uh, by telling them a few things like this, and you know just having the knowledge to just say the quick things, and you can really tell how people are going to respond at that point but you know what I'm saying I guess that at that point you can save their spiritual life as well I mean um, because that's what that's what this whole evangelism thing is rooted in love of your fellow neighbor and I think that's why um, Jesus when he was talking about that was very adamant that that that's what this was all about you know he's like as um, as the father loves me I love you now I want you to go love them like I love you like the father loved me. You know, he's like kind of breaking it down saying that's what that's what we're doing here guys. We're we're loving one another like I loved you like he loves me like we are. I mean it's just it's like um that I think we miss the point sometimes in evangelism, but I guess I guess another thing is important as um as that uh, job, I'll say, 
it's important to have faith ourselves because that is what we need to get through with what's coming and generally what's what what's going to happen even if nothing extremely major isn't going to happen we're going to require real faith faith that we know we have seen God work a miracle and miracles don't happen to people that don't need miracles to happen so stepping out of your comfort zone and doing things that you aren't that's not your thing you know oh that's not my thing I wouldn't just go up to somebody and talk to somebody about something like that. Well, yeah, I mean, you, I, I'm with you on that. You know, I could do this, what I'm doing now, a lot easier than I could just walk up to somebody, Russ Dizdar style, in, in, in some, you know, wherever, and just just start laying it on them, you know, but not laying it on them like in the churchianity kind of way, like all the rhetoric and stuff, I mean, because, like, it doesn't come out like that from somebody like a Russ Dizdar. I mean, he that's a guy that when he approaches you, this dude is fired up about what he's saying, you know? And it's not like the Mormon's fired up like taught to. He's just got to tell you something and you got you gotta hear this, you know. Um, but uh anyway, I guess I guess what I'm saying is that having a knowledge that God is very, very real. I mean, after seven years of touring around the country seeing God literally do miracles all over the place I no longer have the option of believing that God isn't real I don't even have that option anymore because he has delivered on so many occasions but because of that it gives me this faith to um, you know to let people el other people know about it you know because I now I'm like hey man you guys gotta get on this you need you need help. You need. You got things in your life that are going wrong, and everything. You need help on a daily basis. Hey, we have a God that is like all about helping us on every step of the way here. So you know, you guys got to get in on this. You know. Okay, let me tell you about this second part of this. Um, while I was on this trip last week and dealing with a lot of this kind of stuff, um, uh, Connie was also on. My girlfriend is also on a trip, and she was in. Um, Houston and she got a staph infection I don't know if you know what a staph infection is but they are it's like a infection that like is very very I don't know it, it's it sounds awful and it, it, it creates a, a big dead part of the skin that eventually has to be taken out and um, it's really hard to treat and she has a particular kind apparently that's not being resistant to antibiotics and every, or it is resistant to antibiotics and everything and um and uh so she's on vacation while this is happening and to make this long i don't know if i how much i should say about her situation because um but it's so relevant um basically she is she's in Houston um she she's in the only place in the world that she can be and have this at the same time granted it's very very messed up and she doesn't have like any kind of way to to get you know no money no actual insurance or anything like that but she got it at the only place where it might be okay she has family there um just kind of accidentally that she's staying at their house right now and that her fam family is in the medical field so they kind of know some loopholes to take her to some places and different things like that and uh you know all this stuff is is um in the, okay let me continue with this cuz uh, there's more to develop here 
Also, like, Connie just decided basically that she was going to move from where she was, and she doesn't really have a plan at all. She actually is taking a very serious risk and not knowing where she's going or what she's doing or anything like that. She just kind of, she's been kind of slowly getting her ducks in a row, shall we say, to to be able to um, not really have to do anything. In a, in a lot of ways. So, but what was interesting about this is that she was about. But the thing that was holding her back from really letting go and being held down was her cat. And uh, so, as it so it kind of kept looming in the distance. But she was about to take this trip to to Texas at the same time that she was going to lose her house. So she actually had to put her cat somewhere um, during her trip to to Texas, and then come back and like figure out where her and the cat were going to go. So it was kind of like, oh, well, everything sounds like it could work except for the cat thing. Um, but, I mean, whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. The uh, cat um, died right before she left in a very interesting way. It was an old cat. It was time to go. It was very, very smooth, uh, you know, graceful exit type of thing. Um, just at the right moment, which kind of like freed her for the first time to be able to do this. And I really think, um, okay, let me just develop a little bit more Connie um, she probably um, needs whatever it is I don't know she, she's like right at a good place where she uh, is being worked with a lot to really develop what it is that she's supposed to do she's got all this energy and available talent for all these things it's just um, it, there's just like a little uh, a moment that probably whatever this might be a megaphone of sorts I don't really know. I've learned at least enough to know not to speculate what the situations are that God's doing, which I do all the time, every case anyway, even though I know I'm almost always wrong. Um, I think probably always wrong. I just threw almost in there just to hedge my bets. But um, So, how does this relate? Well, it relates to the bus problems in a way, and it which relates to the faith problems in a way, which relates to the God miracle problems in a way. So let me tell you a little bit more about the bus. Whenever it, we have a major catastrophe happen with the bus, it, I always feel like it's done in the most loving possible manner. We always have a major something happen in the midst of it being totally the best case scenario I mean like ridiculously commenting on how that if it this scenario was any different then everything would have just been horrible uh, like I don't know let's see an example like you know if we have uh, the bus break down it'll break down um, right in the only place where we have you know uh, mechanics there that love the band that would just love to work on the bus for three days straight I mean for free you know I mean that's the kind of thing that happens I mean or if we get a flat tire or you know have some sort of major thing or a tire completely falls off or whatever the situation I and mean, we've had some okay here's another here's a good example so we were going down the road one time, and the power steering goes out. And I mean, I can't turn right. No, no, I couldn't turn left. On the interstate, I find out I can't turn left. So, um, and the gearbox had gone out. But what happened for the next three miles, I kind of, it was kind of doing it beforehand. I was like, hey, that's kind of weird. But then I would get it to turn left. I would kind of not think that much of it. Um, and then I realized 
eventually that I was not going to be able to turn left. And for the next three miles, probably, it, I was able to coast directly into the back of a Walmart parking lot without taking a single left. And it was the place, the only place in America that you can take a bus and stra- and put your tools over the entire square mile of, uh, of stuff while you work on a bus for three days um, with, you know, some, you know, all these providential things happening is Walmart parking lot. And I really highly recommend Walmart parking lots because uh, they are, they are the oasis of the, of the world out there or on the road, road dogs anyway. Anyway, so let's relate this back. It seems it always, it always seems like to me that in the midst of these trials or these hardships that God is always the most present there. And it's like, it's like the situations where, um, I, I, I'm, you know, that footsteps, uh, thing that everybody has in there, or, you know, I don't know, I hadn't seen one a long time, but, um, those, you know, the the thing that says, uh, has a picture of footsteps in the sand and it's like some guy, you know, telling the story about walking with Jesus throughout this whole life and the footsteps represented their life. And it's like, yeah, but I noticed when it was, there's the really hard times, there's only one set of footprints. And the thing is, it's like, well, it was during those times that I carried you. And I think that that is relevant, so relevant because it seems like those times happen and there's this choice to make of whether to curse God or to embrace God in those hardships. And if you embrace them, it doesn't make them automatically go away like magic just flips a switch and they're gone. But then, but there is this uh, powerful intervening in prayer um, as long as you don't give into the temptation of saying, Look what's happened to me. Oh, what was me? Nothing goes right in my life. Oh, what's I? What did I do wrong? Blah 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 blah. You know, because that, in a way, whether or not you may know it, is a, is letting the devil win. And the same old thing that he always wanted was for you to curse God ever so modestly, ever so. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just uh, you know not really cursing God, but just cursing God, just, just subtly. There it is. And so, um, anyway, the, the, we need to embrace, um, what is not uncomfortable. We need to, first, I guess it helps to be in tune with, um, God in the first place. And I don't mean that he's going to really speak to you in an audible voice or anything like that, but there are but there is a knowing that develops after uh, just a short period of time. It doesn't really take that long, I don't think. You know, the disciples were only discipled by Jesus for three years. So you could take that as an example and say it takes about three years if you were really dedicated to, you know, to that to Jesus Christ and following the true King of heaven and earth and, and dedicating to finding out, um, you know, what how to be a better servant to the king of the universe. And I just, I always hearken back to, um, like these medieval times, you know, when people would bow their knee to a king and, and, you know, there would be these loyal servants that the kings would, uh, you know, they would get a lot of favor in the court. 
but those kings were oftentimes tyrants very those even the the servants if they were as loyal and genuine as possible sometimes the king would still just be a tyrant very rarely probably was the king any any good and so think of how kind of a bum rap that was what was the joy of that for the servant except for i mean loyalty to country or something like that um but our situation is much different we have the true king of heaven and earth and that, that means he sits on the throne of, of the universe with all power uh, given unto him and available for our request I mean that's serious a serious benefit um, and I'm not saying that you wouldn't get it if you didn't try to serve him but trying to serve him is not is is a matter of the heart that it becomes something that you want to do after you just do the basics which is um, try to live as he said to live and it's not a matter of I'm gonna punish you it's a matter of I've got um, a better way to live try it this way and see what I mean it's not it's not I've got a bunch of things that I'm gonna list that you can't do or I'm gonna be mad at you it's a it's like a like a list you would give a kid don't run into the middle of the street don't put your hand on the hot stove don't take candy from strangers don't do this don't do that does that make your mom a tyrant is she just did she create those rules just because she likes spanking and that she just can't can't wait for you to break the rule and put your hand on a hot stove do you think she gets any joy from that um yeah so I don't know. I guess I guess I really wanted to take it back because we're really going to have to realize that we've got to go head first into some situations that that are going to seem scary to us, but know that that's like when David got out of those rocks, you know, when Goliath was standing in the valley taunting the entire army of the of the Israeli people and blaspheming God and David went down there only bold bold in his faith that God had um ordained him you know he he knew that God was with him and he had probably had other things in his life up to that point that as a child you know as the faith of a child had seen something like that happen and he just basically took it it's like hey whoa you know that was something real so he was going to just believe that God was real and that's all that that was about and God can use a person that just has faith. How do you get faith? Well, it says faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I guess generally speaking, that means that you've got to read the Bible or or not necessarily just you reading the Bible. That certainly is something that you need to do. But um, look, listen, seek out uh, information and knowledge. Um, seek out people that can be a mentor for you and to really find somebody look you know um somebody was telling me the not too long ago that wow i needed to go into seminary seminary and that may be true and all this stuff and you you know if you went to seminary you could study under you know some greats and all this stuff and i'm thinking well you know you're probably right but this is also the first time in history where that kind of becomes irrelevant you can study under the masters on the internet and you can read uh, read information from the 
the people, I mean, I would say Jesus obviously is the master of this, but I guess there's probably a poor choice of words masters because I don't think any of them would really call themselves that. But some very, um, very blessed and talented and gifted by the Lord people that have a teaching gift. And, you know, when you come into contact with that on online, you can do that through your iPod. Certainly you can. You can find... Uh, um, different things. There's a lot of courses out there. I always recommend Russ Dizdar. Um, uh, I just really, really think he is very um, called to be a teacher in so many ways. I know it kind of almost seems like Russ is just about the um, the demonic and and you know reading the demonic, and he does know an awful lot. Probably probably the foremost authority on trauma-based mind control and. Uh, people with multiple personality disorders and um, and getting rid and curing that. Um, he probably is, if not the, one of the uh, foremost authorities in the world on that. But yet, you look at his courses, and I mean, it's it's an afterthought. He's got courses on just theology all around. He's got um, He's got a lot of free material out there online. I mean, just, you could pretty much learn everything that he says. Well, not really, but... Um, I've done that. I've I've taken almost all of his courses, and uh, I'm in the middle of taking one right now. Um, taking two of them basically at the same time, and one of them is um, sexual decadence and the end of man. And I don't know. I think that one may be a free course. I know that there's a lot of um, course uh, individual um, files, uh, audio files of that online. I'm uh, digressing a bit, I understand, but um, it was kind of not linear anyway, so, but uh, yeah, anyway, so, but there's other stuff, I mean, if you do want to learn about freedom encounters and how to rid people and heal the people with multiple personalities and and, uh, and and heal the demonic, and I say heal the demonic to cast out the demonic, but um, there's freedom encounters is another course, and it really does, uh, if you if you're on the Revelations Radio Network, he is now on there, and you can you can hear uh, where this guy's coming from. And he's definitely definitely a uh, a straight up and down uh, serious disciple. And so I look at him as a mentor. I look at people like um, Chuck Missler for different reasons um, as a mentor. And I've really studied a lot of, of I say study. I've just listened to a lot of what uh, Chuck Missler is a person with a lot of audio online. Um, he he is great for seeing the vastness and the, the of the Bible for just having such an appreciation for the Word of God and all its minutia. It, it, that's Chuck Missler for you. Chuck Missler is is great at taking advanced concepts and breaking them down for the not so intelligent. Um, and I put myself in that category as compared to him. He's a very, very intelligent guy. And as well, you know, local, um, my local church here, I don't really um, go to it as much as I as I should or want to, I guess. Um, but they do have a podcast online. It's called New Song, Cool Springs. And uh, I like to go there when I can. But the pastor there, Pastor Dale, is a very very good teacher and uh, if you get a chance to subscribe to that podcast uh, right now it's coming in a different format not mp3 so i have to actually go through a lot of 
stuff to convert it back. I've been meaning to send them an email hoping that they would put it back in the MP3, but it's called New Song, and it's in, there's a lot of different ones, but that one's in Cool Springs, so if you wanted to hear what that's about, he's just, it's a very, very special church, and uh, I think it comes across in that, but, um, so, okay, yeah, that's some stuff. I guess I'll c- kind of take a break here. I know I've kind of just uh, went on uh, Preacher Mode 2000, and eight, so I'll just uh, take a quick break and I'll see you on the other side. We'll be right back. I get to say that. Russ Dizdar explains his ministry, Shatter the Darkness. Almost 20 years now, we've been just kind of uh, just trying to help people, minister to people, share with people, coming out of uh, cults, uh, you know, just mind control, the occult, left-hand path stuff. Um, and then we ran into the uh, real underground uh, that's been going on for a long time. And uh, so it has, it has a lot to do with deliverance and dealing with the dark side and, and power encounters and, uh, you know, it has uh, confronting perpetrators of violence on children and uh, ritual abuse. Um, it deals with healing the, the hearts of the victims and, uh, you know, keeping our guard and, and trying to do what we can to expose it, stop some of it. You can visit Russ Dizdar's website at shatterthedarkness.net where you'll find hours of free MP3s and podcasts as well as courses for your church or your ministry to begin to learn how to deal with encounters of this nature in a biblical way. Shatter the darkness. Psalm 61 For the chief musician, for a stringed instrument by David Hear my cry, God, listen to my prayer From the end of the earth I will call to you When my heart is overwhelmed Lead me to the rock that is higher than I For you have been a refuge for me A strong tower from the enemy I will dwell in your tent forever I will take refuge in the shelter of your wings For you, God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. You will prolong the king's life. His years shall be for generations. He shall be enthroned in God's presence forever. Appoint your loving kindness and truth that they may preserve him. So I will sing praise to your name forever that I may fulfill my vows daily. Okay, thank you for tuning back in. You are listening to Nowhere to Run. You can email me at chris at conspiracyclothes.com. That's C-H-R-I-S at conspiracyclothes.com. And I've been kind of slacking on getting emails uh, back to people lately. Just um, a lot of different things. Uh, No excuse for it, really. But if I have not emailed you back and you think I probably should have and uh, you deserved uh, an answer or whatever, don't think... um, I just just didn't just overlooked it. I may have not even seen it. So if you want to email me, please please uh, try it again, and I'm gonna really try to to keep on that more than I have been. So sorry about that if I have uh, have neglected to email you back about something that I should have. Okay, what I want to get into is basically I touched a little bit about this in the Frank and Chris show, and that is that you know a lot of the people in this patriot movement I feel like are striking at the branch of evil when to uh like the henry uh, no it was i think it was thoreau that said um that i could be wrong about that that there are a hundred people striking at the branches of evil to one striking at the root and in the context of what this new world order is and and if you really study the motivations and you really look at what is going on with it the driving force behind it the hive mind behind the new world order what are the reasonings behind it? And I think um, even on a secular level, people in the 
quote truth movement um, understand that they are occultists that that if you the t top levels they are Satanists in again you know like a lot of people say it doesn't matter what you believe they believe it and it's evident I mean the people the real mov movers and shakers are very religious people now you can say that that's religion but I tend to think that that what that is evidence of is that the real strings are being pulled by extra dimensional dimensional entities and before you uh, you new ager or anybody would poo poo the idea think about you know what channeling is what you, know, you would admit that channeling is real and that that information is um, valid one way or another well I mean then you're basically saying that extra dimensional entities a exist and B care about dogma and um, what we human beings believe uh, is in terms of um, religious ideology which is in, in in itself an anomaly okay they are beings that exist on another dimensional plane or ex at least are invisible to our eyes for one reason or another and but yet they can make themselves known to us uh, apparently under some rule system of um, how much authority we give to them and it does seem like they want us to give them more and more authority by the means that have been predetermined both by as far as we are concerned and they are concerned there's a rule system of engagement that seems to be out of their control um, but anyway um I mean it's it, it even and again it says that in the Bible Ephesians 6 uh, Ephesians 6 it says um, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places and once you really really get that I mean once you really understand that the new world order is being run by spiritual entities and the general the commander of those spiritual entities is Satan himself but it doesn't matter what who it is or how high-ranking the um, demonic or angelic being is because we as Christians have total authority over them we were given authority over to trample on all snakes and scorpions on all the power of the enemy and that is through um, you know the name of Jesus Christ and the authority of Jesus Christ and what he did and he literally bought us back it was like a title deed transfer and now it's all up to us to claim it it's so simple um, you would think it's the hardest thing in the world it, it was made so easy now for us all we have to do is just accept it I mean it's a matter of free will in the same way that all this um, is a matter of free will on both sides and it's just that simple and then we claim that right and then there's an entire set of psyops to make Christians believe that a that realm doesn't exist and B they have no power and that's because we have a lot of power against um, spiritual wickedness and we need to start using it and if we as a body began to realize that we had other parts of our body could do things then we need then we would just be such a more productive body um, what we need to do is just pray I mean and and like use the Lord's Prayer I want to do a show here pretty soon about prayer and I want to have some people on and talk about how to pray and stuff but because um, I think it would be productive but but basically intercessory prayer you know there's not a lot 
it's great to be able to to pray and to ask God for all the things that we need. And the good thing about praying against evil and taking charge and focusing on a particular uh, person or thing and pray and consistently pray against any demonic influence, taking authority over it in the name of Jesus, commanding it to the abyss, commanding it to the feet of Jesus, whatever it is, just really focusing on... um, on the demonic in a particular aspect will sh- just amaze you how effective it is for instance if this is if you ha- if you have somebody in your life that is um a real pain that you just really ruins your life because of their particular thing instead of letting that anger dwell and get get bigger and bigger and get a more of a foothold in your life ruin your life because it opens up a doorway for more evil um, to perpetuate in your life. Instead, of just end that process right there and begin to pray for that person. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to determine what it is that you should pray for for a person. It's hard to determine what God's will is for a particular thing. And so a lot of prayers end up being more like, your will be done, Father, in this person. But one way to pray to get results and know that you're doing the will of God and know that you are targeting something very specific is to pray against any evil oppression or attachment or or even um or even possession in a person but just pray against um evil um that is surrounding a particular person and watch watch what happens consistently do it do it a few times a day do it do it at night i mean Begin to pray for the person that makes you so mad and watch what happens. Watch the transformation that happens. They'll never know. They will never know. But you will know. Trust me. You will know. And not just just praying for that, but also... Um, you know, praying for the people that you love against evil, praying for your protection against evil. I mean, in the Lord's Prayer, it says, uh, you know, right after... It says... um, um, forgive me my sins and um you know as i forgive those who sin against me lead me not to temptation but deliver me from evil you know at that point you can really unloose a lot un- uh, unleash a lot of intercessory prayers for uh people and for you and just really take your authority and one thing that i believe is crucial for these um these interesting times um is this spiritual deception that has happened, I believe, from my... You can look at the comments on YouTube and get a sense that there is... And I'm referring to, like, on my YouTube channel, like, about a lot of the movies that I've done about Third Maxwell and Michael Tessarian and Alan Watt and all that kind of stuff, and the zeitgeist, anti-zeitgeist, and um, stuff like that. The comments only reinforce the idea that we're dealing with a spiritual deception, we're dealing with a decision in someone's heart rather than um, anything real. And that's why I think somebody like Jordan Maxwell Maxwell could go 40 years um, saying the most outrageously provable false lies and nobody calling him on it. Uh, and the same thing with Tessarian and everybody else. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying what the connections are. I don't really care or know. But, but I am saying that there is... In uh, as a whole, some sort of um, spiritual aspect to this deception sticking, 
And I, I, I believe it's leading up to the lie with a capital T that they should believe the lie. I think that we're dealing with something uh, of a very serious nature here. And what I want you to do is I want you to begin to pray against that spiritual deception. And I, and I want you to try to, to break that bond of spiritual deception on, on people. Just take, I mean, I believe that could be a, very well be some high-ranking spiritual something going on with that. And I want us to just get into the idea that we can fight the New World Order with prayers. And we can do more damage to the evil infrastructure than anybody has ever even known. And here's the best part. This kind of warfare is not um is not going to get you on any watch lists, you know. You're not you're not going to be an insurgent. Uh and I think insurgent obviously I say that facetiously because uh they've just made basically questioning the government literally. Now I'm saying this literally is now a a crime and you are a terrorist even. So, but this is this is this is striking at the root. This is praying against the spiritual wickedness in high places that was said that we wrestle with. I mean, we, I mean, listen to what that says. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world. I mean, that's plural, the rulers of darkness of this world. That's who we're wrestling with. But the thing is, we can wrestle with them. We, are, we have the authority to trample on all the snakes and scorpions. We are, we are very, very dangerous to those rulers of wickedness. And it should be evident by the massive amount of trying to discredit Jesus Christ that's going on. I mean, it is it is so stupid. A lot of that is just, I mean, they will use anything for any group of people and all various of various stages of intellect and uh, and predisposition. They there is a psyop for that group, and a lot of it is just so dumb that that people. I wish they could just see how badly they're being lied to and and if they had any kind of um integrity they'd be like man i really really don't appreciate you lying to me about this because regardless of what you think or want to believe about jesus you shouldn't have anybody lie to you to get you to hate him you know let's let's just hate him on the regular um you know if you if, you, if you're going to have to hate him why don't you just hate him on what what you know as opposed to what you've been lied to about him and so that should be a big red flag to a lot of people. It's like, man, why did they lie to get me to believe that? And then you start to wonder, okay, does the New World Order hate Jesus? And then you got to be like, why does the New World Order hate Jesus? You know, why did they have this massively funded campaign against this dude that lived 2,000 years ago? What is the deal? And then it all starts to click once you put into this equation, this Ephesians 6 model that we are not wrestling with flesh and blood but with spiritual wickedness then all of a sudden our um, battles we can choose our battles more specifically and you can I mean you, you got to realize this isn't some kind of like oh uh, say your prayers against wickedness before you go to bed no this is warfare against wickedness and it's not just some kind of like prayer is incredibly powerful in this regard so think of it like that. Think of it as a weapon in your in your sheath, and um, when you take it out, have a purpose and go after evil. And know that they're real. Like like this table is real. Like 
we are dealing with a and they are literally the problem you know if you gotta blame some group here there's your group that is your group these thousands of year old demonic entities that want to destroy us with every ounce of their being they want authority to torture us they are there is no mercy to be shown for these entities and I don't care what you think about that because time will show that to be true if you don't believe it to be true right now and and this is so what do we do what can we do there are a lot of things to do but certainly prayer is the is the first one um, have a prayer regiment really have a time a day that you pray and use the model of of the Lord's Prayer um, um, and just take it piece by piece when he says um, my father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name um, use that to to praise God hallowed be your name use that for praying and praising God and then as you get down to um, uh, give me this day my daily bread well that's your cue to pray for all the different things that you need I mean there's there's a lot I mean that should take 15 20 minutes at least laying out all the things in your life that you need and the things that you desire and and all that kind of thing I mean then then you get down I mean just take it piece by piece like that and then when you get to um, but deliver me from the evil one you know really just start start use that as your cue to to pray against evil and pray against spiritual wickedness in high places and things like that and again like I said if individuals and things like that it's it's a new way to to see results in prayer and it's also a way to really be effective in in this great commission and so another thing that we need to do is is just to start letting people in on this secret that we're holding here if you're listening and you've been listening to the revelations radio network and, and you know you kind of got an idea of some of the things that we've said here that are true again we we're just scratching the surface of what's uh what's going on in the world and everything but i do think that we are getting a little closer than a lot of people are because we're looking at this from uh taking the the biggest truth in this whole thing is a given which is already so far away from so much of the truth movement so we've got the truth movement with a capital t over here as i've said before but basically what well, what needs to happen now is you guys are ready. You guys may not think you're ready, but you're ready to be unleashed out there. A lot of times Christianity thinks that Christianity is just going to church and building up your faith and building up your arsenal of knowledge about um, the Bible and about Jesus. And, and, and then that just ends there. I mean, it's just that doesn't end there. You're ready to go. You are primed and ready to do, to use the talents that you've been given for. There's a very good possibility that the only reason you were given the talents that you have is for the Great Commission, for um, <clears throat> for going out and telling people about, about this grand truth that we know and we take for granted. And so think of it like that. Is, it a, is there a possibility that you have a talent that you're using for your, your own reasons or to make money or to just to, to enjoy yourself or whatever, is there a possibility that you could use that talent, um, that particular understanding, that gift of, 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 of 
whatever it is that you have. I mean, there's so many varied things that people are good at. A lot of people just have the oddest things that they are exceed at. And sometimes it's psychological things. Sometimes it's um, understanding or good with kids or, you know, who knows what it could be. But is it possible that that you were given that for work in the Great Commission? And so, to much, to whom much is given, much is required. So, and and you know, you like I've also said before. I mean, we already have our way ahead, and um, and not being deceived about what's coming. We may think, wow, there's so much more to know, but you know, we even though we are probably wrong on some things, we have enough to start warning people. And there's lots of different ways to do that. Um, I've said before, I really think that, you know, a lot of, if you want to do like a real local thing, if your burden is for churches, if your burden is for other Christians, and, you know, maybe a, a track or something explaining a lot of this stuff, you know. I know a lot of people um, are looking for somebody to write some sort of track that can explain whatever it is that you feel led to explain on it. There is no shortage of things that need to get explained on a series of tracks. Um, there needs, there is a very big gap of, of, of that out there. There needs to be a track PDF writer online um, where people can, you know, like have it be a big website, like tracksforwhateversomething.com, catchy, and then have people all over the world, you know, advertise it on something and really make something happen. That that could really change the world, you know. Um, uh, also, you know, people could... Um, start burning DVDs, relevant DVDs that you find online. It's kind of hard. It's, it's actually getting a lot easier to download um, stuff online um, that you see on Google and YouTube. There's a little download this thing in the upper right-hand corner of just about everything now that you can download it in real player format. You then do have to convert that to like a Windows media file when you could kind of encode it there and and do and then if you want to get it on DVD, it's kind of another thing. You can do that with a program called DVD Santa, and that will give you the kind of files that um, you can then put on DVD. It's kind of a challenge. If you need any help with that, I would be glad to help you. You can email me at chris at conspiracyclose.com. But you could send out movies to people. You can hand out movies to people at grocery stores. You could uh, send them to your congressman. Send them a pack of DVDs. You could send them to your church leader. You can... You can really do a lot of good with a series of movies. Collect uh, movies, and uh, if you if you want a place to download movies in WMV format, go to right now before you get a chance before you forget. Um, um, this this website I guarantee will not be around for much longer. Um, go to nw zero dot info nw zero info like um, NWO except it's zero NW zero dot info and in the movies section there every important truth move movie uh, ever that has ever been I mean it's it's all of them I mean very and it seems like they were pretty well chosen too so you can go there right now if you're into the business of collecting movies and download a lot of media and like I said it's all free but it's not going to last very long so go do that um, so that's something. There's all kinds of ways, but but uh, for sure, there's something that we could be done. Waking up our fellow man to 
to truth, saving their lives. That's what this come down to now. There's enough information that you guys know probably about whatever it is, uh, fluoride or vaccines, or GMO foods or aspartame or, you know, whatever those crucial issues are. Um, it's just about food that we can save the life of our neighbor. That's enough. That's like, hey, bud, you know, I want to come talk to my fellow man about that. And it doesn't matter what they do or don't do. It's just it's 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 training you really to being an effective individual. And so, okay, I think I'm nearing the end here. Uh, I want to remind everybody to go to the show notes section of the show. You can go to the, do that at conspiracyclose.com/slash/nowhere-to-run or nowhere-to-run.podomatic.com. And you can subscribe to the Frank and Chris show there, which is a really, I highly recommend you to do. And I'm going to play a clip right after this on a separate podcast that is going to be a clip from Dr. Eldon Bird. And I've played it before on the show, but I just think it's really relevant, so I'm going to play it, play it again. Also, um, would of course, if you want to support the show, you can do so by your prayers to pray for me in any way that you can think of that I need it. I need a good deal of prayers um and so and i appreciate those that have in the past i I am so appreciative of it Uh, i can't even ever tell you how how much it means to me and i would ask um to that you might if you got any extra prayers laying around to pray for connie she is as i mentioned having this staph infection problem and she's out of town and has kind of a, a kind of a rock and hard place situations so any prayers for her would be greatly appreciated she she could use them and that's about it thanks guys i'll talk to you next week and stay tuned for the frank and chris show this wednesday later